This is an early recording of It Will Probably Be Okay, back from the good old days of COVID-19 when we were pretty sure it would only be a couple more weeks until we got that big bad pandy all figured out. Actually, that's not true. None of us really ever had much hope that anyone would get things all figured out. Sad trombone. Regardless, we are very excited to offer you this episode as the official 13th episode of season one of it will probably be okay. The recording is a little rough around the edges, but it's got some good jokes. to It Will Probably Be Okay, a podcast where a storyteller, a genius, and a buffoon take turns sharing their experiences with each other. Hi, I'm Nikenji. I'm a human being. I do digital marketing things, and I love cheesy action movies from the 80s and 90s. Hi, I'm Nick. I am the father of two twins that just reached the terrible twos, so uh, time is interesting. And my name is Gabe Wollenberg, and I am here right now to make a recording in my upstairs right next to my bathroom. (laughs) So does does anybody have anything that they want to talk about in five minutes or less? Yes. I want to use this time to just talk a little bit about something that really is bothering me. You know, we all, I think, for the most part, watch TV for the escapism quality of it, I suppose, unless we're watching the news. And we're all painfully and terribly aware that we're in the midst of a pandemic right now. And it really, really bothers me that like every commercial talks about, you know, these difficult times, like we get it, we're all living it, we're watching TV to get away from that, quit reminding us. Yeah, I hate the phrase, these, these uncertain times or these troubling times. I hate it when it's built into like this value judgment sense. But what bothers me more than the language is the fact that the ads exist at all. Like we have been in this situation now long enough for the marketing machine to fire up and start making bad decisions. And <laughs> that part that frustrates <laughs> that's the part that frustrates me about it. it. Like it it takes three weeks to run up even a mediocre marketing campaign. And like most of these folks had it up in a week and a half. So (laughs) I'm working from home. (laughs) Producing quality content that the people want to hear. That's right. Although I did notice, and I probably shouldn't go after uh, a notable prominent attorney in the Milwaukee area, but I did notice recently his ads returned to the, hey, we're suing people back from the... (laughs) Like previously, like two weeks ago, they were like, hey, you should be nice to everybody. And here I am in my house. That's not really my house, but it's a beautiful stock image. And now they're they're back to him green screened in front of angry things going, hey, you should sue someone if you don't feel good today. <laughs> so I I feel like the lesson of the pandemic is, is already lost. I mean, we're in Wisconsin. Like if we could have held out one more week, like our numbers were so good. But then we just, just, then it was just the Wild West. Well, maybe the real pandemic is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> the real <laughs> pandemic <laughs> is you. <laughs> what? <laughs> the real pandemic is you. 
I don't know why, but that sounds that has a level of creepy. Like somebody's calling you from inside the house. <laughs> it's coming from inside the house. I just love nonsensical things. It's my favorite. <laughs> really good. <laughs> it's really oh. good. <clears throat> I, I I was trying to make sure that I wasn't going to set up the mini topic section. Is what do I want to complain about this week? Because, like, I, it's really easy for me to complain, right? Uh, <laughs> this afternoon, I ventured out of the house, as I do when we are out of things, and had to go to the grocery store. And and this, my, my thing is pandemic-related as well. It, all of the signage that talks about how they really care about you and their employees at the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's signs everywhere. You and our employees' safety and healthy is our most important thing. But it's not important enough that we're going to get all the garbage out of the middle of the aisle. <laughs> there's a simple solution to six-foot spacing. People take the point-of-purchase displays away. Yeah, yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. Until that happens, it's just so much yada, yada, yada. And I get it. Like, where else are you going to put that giant cardboard thing for Tostitos? But, like, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to buy Tostitos. I'm still not going to buy Tostitos. And now I got to walk. I got to walk past that hacking gross baby in order to get by. Like, it just... Snotty the hacking gross baby. <laughs> I, our, our program has its first character. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but like the grocery stores don't care about me and I'm okay with that. Most people don't care about me and I'm okay with that. I, I hate the pretending. It's the, it's so ugh, it's smarmy. It's very smarmy. So well then, um, if, if we're done with mini topics, are we ready to get into Nakenji's topic? Do it. I, I am. Alrighty. Okay. This is going to be a, a bit of a Socratic method, a series of questions. I'm going to talk about stuff. You're going to Jump in if you feel the need or you have something of value. I hope you do. But there will also be questions. So don't feel like uh, I'm going to just have a monologue and you're going to have to wait on me. I have a lot, but the the value of what I have is going to be debatable. (laughs) I mean, that's sort of my whole stick. (laughs) Why do I love cheesy, crappy 80s and 90s action movies. And I think that the first thing we need to get into, like any good essay, is to define the problem. Now, instead of going to a a dictionary uh, to answer the question of what is a cheesy action movie, I instead turned to IGN. Now, I don't really know what IG and N stands for, but they do movie stuff. Excellent, excellent setting of your source. Excellent (laughs) setting of your source. So as I was doing research for this podcast, trying to figure out, like, okay, in general, I know a lot of the movies, but I don't know when they come out. And I wanted to be a little bit more accurate in terms of, like, is this really an 80s movie or is this from the, like, late 70s? So I wanted to figure that out. 
And I came across their roundup of cheesy action movies. And I really like this definition that they had, which is cheesy action movies stand apart from regular action films. Cheeseball action movies revel in their ridiculous plots, corny one-liners, and absurd action stunt sequences. And so for me, I feel like part of a cheesy action movie, there has to be plenty of action sequences. Like, yes, there can be a car chase, but the car chase must lead to a fist fight. Like, that is a quality that I, I believe in, in in my cheesy action movies. And I also believe that they have to be entertainingly stupid, or stupidly entertaining. I've found that that's actually interchangeable. And a good example, I think, is Jean-Claude Van Damme with Double Impact. Jean-Claude Van Damme. He always makes an impact. Now, get ready for Double Impact. There's two of them. No, in this one, he plays a twin. I, I really love when actors play twins because then I can spend the entire movie wondering how they shot that. But... <laughs> I first watched this movie when I was a kid. So I was living in this place called Messiah Street in Barbados. And this is how I uh, identify where, how old I was. So I was around the age of seven or eight. And I just remember being enthralled with like the, the karate chopping and the punching and like the, everything was explosive. So like you punched the guy, it was like an explosive noise that did not resemble a punch. And all the action sequences just seemed highly choreographed. And it was just so stupid. So stupid. So removed from real life. And part of the entertainment value was being able to laugh about it with your siblings or with your family or with your friends. So <clears throat> A lot of times I think about like what makes a cheesy action movie. Cheesy action, we all know what makes it a movie, but what's the cheesy action part? And this is like a little bit of where I'm thinking. So feel free to let me know what if your definition differs from that, or am I missing like this, I know, this glaring example of how we delineate what is a cheesy action film. So I'm curious, just from the perspective of were were these movies when they were originally made were they aware of their cheesiness that's something that i always wonder about and i think sometimes yes and then in other cases no honestly i think anything ever made with jean-claude van damme like they already know that it's cheesy because like if you think of Street Fighter or Universal Soldier or or even Time Cop like these are films where it makes no goddamn sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've heard good things of him, of him since uh, he did JCVD, which I haven't watched because it's like a newer film. But like he has acting chops in that film. But he's not an act actor that you call for their acting chops, you know? Now, if you're watching something like with Sylvester Stallone, like First Blood was pretty good. Tango and Cash was really good. Over the Top was about a freaking um, oh, arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. <laughs> so I think it depends on the actor. And honestly, when I look at the list of actors that I have, when like I'm really calling out. So there's JCVD, there's Chuck Norris, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sebastian Stallone. And I'm, I didn't include Steven Seagal because I don't like him anymore because of what he did in real life. But then there's like, 
there's like miscellaneous actors that I follow that aren't necessarily like movies that I love that sometimes like I might follow the actor, but not really. So like making the list is lethal weapon and die hard or uh, 48 hours, which is like an Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Mm -hmm. Escape from New York roadhouse. Yes. I consider roadhouse to be an action film and I'd love to dig into that. So to answer your question, I think it's the actor, and sometimes in some cases they know it's going to be cheesy, and then other times they were doing it really serious-like, and it was still cheesy anyway. As a 13-year-old in rural Wisconsin, I watched Bloodsport like it was gospel. It was not funny. This was serious, serious uh, work that Van Damme was doing to, to, to go out and, and, you know, uphold his honor in the, the blood sport. For centuries, the Society of the Black Dragon has sanctioned an ancient rite of combat known as the Kumite. Open only to the world's most lethal warriors. It has never been won by a Westerner, and only one will triumph. Now I will break you. International martial arts sensation Jean Claude Van Damme. Sport, the true story of the ultimate champion. You know, uh, it got worse later on. Like, I think Time Cop is clearly tongue in cheek, but like that early Van Damme was really like serious karate and man's man stuff. That because I because it was contemporary, you didn't have the opportunity to look back on it and see it for its camp value, right? Like. When Bloodsport came out, I was an actual 13-year-old. I wasn't watching it on tape. You know, I was watching it because we were over at Aaron's house and his grandparents had Cinemax. I think it's interesting that you think that it's intentionally bad. I think it's just that the 80s were bad. That's what I'm wondering, <laughs> too. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that they had the level of self-awareness then to do something tongue-in-cheek when i think of tongue-in-cheek now i think of like this just slacky garbage like sharknado or whatever that people get really excited about for a week and then forget about forever um, <laughs> when i think of some of these movies that we're talking about and i remember when they came out i feel like they were treated seriously at least a lot of them were 48 hours and beverly hills cop were were serious action movies they happened to star a comedian so they had a a funny you know component to it i think the creators really tried to make beverly hills cop a serious action movie right did they eddie murphy is a detroit cop <laughs> On vacation in Beverly Hills. I just got off the phone with an inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. You do that again, I'll shoot you myself. Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills cop. <laughs> I, think, I think the second one, they leaned into the goofiness a little bit, but like, I don't know. I think it's really interesting because I love those movies too now when I look at them as camp, right? As sort of TBS fodder. But, you know, back then, 
Rambo was a way of life for some of the kids I grew up with. Now I'm trying to reflect and like I'm looking at the list that I have here and I'm trying to figure out like when did I watch this? So like for example, I know for sure I watched Double Impact when I was eight. I wish I had Rahindo when it came out so that like I could like kind of juxtapose those two things. Like Delta Force, I remember watching as a kid. I probably actually didn't watch Predator until I was an adult, and I wondered, why have I never watched this film? I remember Rambo being on TNT a lot, but I never got a chance to watch it because I was too young, which sucked. Die Hard? When did I first watch Die Hard? Probably not until I was older. I'm a big fan of professional wrestling, and and I think people like myself college-educated people who also like reading, I don't feel like I'm necessarily the target audience for that. I feel like I'm an outlier in the audience. And I'm just wondering if maybe in the same way, like you are kind of an outlier in the audience, but you're still able to appreciate this thing. What is the audience for a cheesy action movie? What is the audience for an action movie? Well, the audience for all movies in the 80s and, and early 90s was 14 to 17 year old white boys. Like that's just that's movie making in America in the 80s. Right. So like I was the demo for that. I will tell you, Die Hard, serious action movie. But, you know, Bruce Willis for the lampooning that he has taken in his career w- was making a go of an action career at that point. And it. Even to the fourth one, Die Hard stayed, like, tried to stay in the sort of serious genre. If you want to see something intentionally campy, I heartily endorse, in the Bruce Willis genre, the film Hudson Hawk. That is a classic 80s, 90s action comedy farce. Bruce Willis is back in business. Thanks for saving me, tough guy. And business is booming. I was afraid you weren't going to drop by. Hudson Hawk. That excites me. Check, please. The best cat burglar that ever lived. Good play, Junior. Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell. Hudson Hawk. Sounds like a party. I have never heard of that before in my life. That's a film that is specifically goofy, tongue-in-cheek, comedy action. Bruce Willis plays a recently out-of-jail cat burglar, and he and Danny Aiello steal some sort of secret Da Vinci lead-into-gold thing while singing Swinging on a Star. It's fantastic. Put it on your list. I don't have an affection for the the Rambo stuff because I was saddened by the fact that many of my contemporaries, this was all they ever learned about the Vietnam War. And I, and I moved on right into those things where like Nick says, like the, the, the better versions of, of the stories, you know, apocalypse now and, and other like really good high quality thoughts on, on the Vietnam era. But at the same time, like, if you can watch that and appreciate just how ridiculous it is, you're you're watching it right. I, yeah, I guess I guess I wonder, like, do you feel like this is a guilty pleasure, Nikenji? Um, when I rummage in the Walmart three and five dollar uh, DVD bins, <laughs> I do. 
<laughs> my pride and joy is I got this DVD set of like Chuck Norris films and include and there was oh it was Chuck Norris Stallone and I think Dolph Lundgren and I was so excited that was like okay this is what I'm doing on my Friday night I'm just gonna watch a bunch of these films <laughs> so yes I mean I can't think of anybody I know who who just gets really super excited. I'm always super excited when, so like as I was doing research for this, I realized, you know what? I have not watched very much Chuck Norris films in the scheme of Chuck Norris films. And for a while I was feeling like, oh, I watched all the popular stuff that I can watch. But no, there is so much more. And I'm excited about the prospects of hunting down a few of those movies. That's fantastic. When you're watching these movies, are you um like, kind of like latently also like sitting there surfing your phone or are you like sucked in? It depends. It, it depends because sometimes, and, and sometimes it's because of how shockingly good the film is. So I was really surprised at how good Tango and Cash was. Like I had never heard of it and I had, I wasn't expected much. So like if there were like five movies on the DVD, that was probably number four that I watched and it was so good. And then other times it's like just really looking. Okay, so Delta Force 2. I watched that and I just, I was doing my hair while watching that. Just like, especially when there are concepts like the terrorists, just the othering of people and like they're evil and like the the choice of language. Like I'm always like, "Mm, of course, they're bad. No backstory (laughs) whatsoever. Um so that's a, like a lot of stuff like that I reflect on. And I think that it's so obvious that it's, it's fun to poke. It's fun to poke fun at how terrible some of these scripts were. And that doesn't even come into play for like the visual effects or the sound effects. Sure. It's wonderful. It's just delicious. It's just so delicious. <laughs> I can't I can't help but think as I hear you describe movies that, you know, came out as I was entering high school, that there's an, an analog to in my life, my love of kung fu movies. Because from my from my perspective, these are movies from ten years or twenty years before I was born. You know the old Shaw Brothers kung fu stuff coming from China with the bad dubs. They did they know it was cheesy? I mean, maybe, but like that was also the genre. These are your like when I think about it, like why do I like those karate movies, those old kung fu action films? It's well because because they're awesome and um, dumb and delightful to watch. Sammo Hung, you know, jump around oh, and do ridiculous. I love Sammo Hung. Oh. He's the best. He really is. One of my favorites is an old uh, one called The Filthy Guy, which is an old Shaw Brothers karate movie. And, it, you know, it has the wise old sage and he's got to learn the lesson and hold the wine jugs on his arms. I love the genre because it's just so viscerally entertaining. You talk about it being just delightful and you can honor that critical thought in your mind where you're like yeah that's ridiculous no one would ever do that but you you still are allowing yourself to enjoy the the experience of seeing that ridiculousness that someone is doing because it's just so over the top (laughs) 
Why do you think... So as I'm going through this list of like what everyone has as their top 25, trying to like put together like what my list of movies are, I don't consider Top Gun or like, okay, so I've never watched Top Gun and I've never watched the original Mad Maxes and I have no desire to. And given that this is supposedly like within my like wheelhouse for like cheesy stuff, why? I just can't bring myself to watch it. It's re- I don't know. Any ideas? I I haven't seen Mad Max. Top Gun. It it just it seems uh, maybe it seems a bit different for me. It almost is like more of a drama than an action movie. There's I don't recall any fighting. Maybe one wayward punch or something. So part of me wonders if that movie is is just it's tangentially related to move, the movies you're talking about. But, like, it's not. It is cheesy, but it's not really an action movie, I wouldn't say. And, and again, I... You are still dangerous. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. And again, I don't think it was intended to be cheesy. You, you look at it now, and it's and cheesy. it's super, super cheesy, but it, it was not supposed to be, I think, thought of as a cheesy movie. You were supposed to think Maverick was uh, a young stud, and would, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you love to have his tail or whatever the line is? Top Gun's a terrible movie. I, it was a great NES game, but a terrible movie. Did you think it was terrible though, Gabe, when you watched it when you were growing up? I, I, yes and no. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't become a cynic until later where I can recognize it for how terrible it is. But like, I did know that, that I was being marketed to when I saw it. You know what I mean? Like, I knew that, yeah, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be thinking. And like, we're all supposed to love Goose and then feel sad when he doesn't Goose anymore. And it's just, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I agree. Top Gun sh- should not be on a list of action films. It should be a- on a list of not even war films. Like, it's just a movie brought to you by the local Army Air Force recruiting office. <laughs> <laughs> what about Mad Max? Have you watched Mad- the original? Is it Mad Max 1 and 2? Yeah, uh, I've seen Mad Max and I've seen Beyond Thunderdome, and I do not think enough of them to recall what the, how I felt about them or how I feel about them now because they were always just a little too intense for me, like too greasy and sort of scary, if that's the right way to describe it. Like it, it was like too much. You know what it was? Is it was too much like hanging out at my cousin's for the weekend? What? <laughs> right. There's no parents around. You're allowed to smash whatever motorcycle you want to into whatever. And like, hopefully no one will catch you. Like, and that's why it just, it wasn't fun for me. It was just like a redneck festival. And it, I didn't need that. But I got that on the weekends. I do. I do think it's interesting. Like if I was like, if I was marketing these movies, like if I wanted to, to like, signal to you Nikenji, the potential viewer that like this is a movie that's in your wheelhouse like i i I just i don't 
know how I would do that. Like, I wonder what words I would use to describe my film. I feel like I would want to use mindless, but they were not going to put that on a box. Because it's not mindless either. You have to be participating to enjoy it, right? And I've got a case in point. I, one time, on a whim, Jennifer and I went to see a movie that was like a huge Bollywood blockbuster called Bahubali. Do you know Bahubali? No. It's, it's a, a, a Bollywood action trope film. It's four hours long and it tells this huge epic story and it's got great, amazing graphics. And at one point, the main character rides a river of flaming cows down to protect the his uh, home base from being overrun and at that point i turned to jennifer in the theater and i said this movie has everything <laughs> and it's it's that's that's the movie how do you how do you advertise that right like i only i went into it thinking i was going to see some like some boring like <laughs> Gandhi rehashed and no it was this amazing sword fighting love story with dancing and burning (laughs) cows and a a man redemption and and an incredible soundtrack and but I don't know how to sell it to you other than the flaming cows line honestly you just sold it to me because you were like if you were to do a trailer I just need to see those clips and I just be like (gasps) (laughs) he's riding flaming cows do you watch do you watch the current big action movies, Nakenji? As genres go, I'm a action, adventure, action, thriller person through and through. I don't but I don't get the same level of or, or the same type of enjoyment. Like I'll still watch I mean, I'll literally watch anything except dramas. I watched too much dramas as a kid. I don't need to cry. And I, I just think like they're different the way I enjoy action movies now, which is why I was really like kind of thinking on what's it like to watch an older movie at the time it was released at that age. And I wonder like, would I look back at, Oh, well actually no, because I can still watch. Let's see. Like, which was the, the, the fifth, Live free, no, not a die, no. The, the the fifth die hard. Uh, the one with his hacker son. <laughs> anyway, Live free or die hard. Yep, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, thank you. And I thought it was the cheesiest, crappiest action film that I could ever enjoy. And it was wonderful. Like it was wonderful. And then, like when people pan it, it's like, but you didn't know that was what you were gonna get. I mean, they did four of these. so so how could you not know in general i feel like i can still enjoy action films and be immersed in them and see them as like serious constructs i get a different experience from those than i do from watching a film from the 90s i think i'm sure parts of it is nostalgia for the time i don't understand what the 80s is because i was alive then so i don't know what i was nostalgic for but it might more so be the memory of these actors. And that's like something I wanted to segue into because as I look at these movies and what I consider for this list, I was wondering to myself, like, is it about the actors more so than like the actual films? Because I will literally watch any Sylvester Stallone movie. 
and I it, it would just be dripping with cheese. And like it's so funny because <laughs> so I cannot stand Sylvester Stallone. But I don't take him seriously. The only film he's ever done that I've liked was Oscar. I've never seen that. Really. And it's not a it's it's not an action movie. It's a it's a play. That's the step out. I, I guess like I just think it's really interesting that you think like you really like something that you kind of like are very are, are you critical of it? I... Or that you believe doesn't try hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I like this because it's not trying, it's just being awesome. You know, part of me thought maybe it is a, a charisma thing because what I know about Nikenji is she likes to plan and think everything through and follow the list. And when things go wrong, that's okay. She's already planned for that and she has it <laughs> planned and she can just take care of it. And like the action heroes you're describing that is kind of their mo right like mm. well i've been training my whole life for this i know what to do and i can yeah. do this and this and it's and it's like popcorn for you that's comfortable way to for you to go ahead and eat butter yeah i was seeing the other day that some people on on the twitter they were talking about how the how they cope with anxiety and watching movies or reading books and the uncertainty of it and one person talks about how they skip, they read the ending and then they start reading again. And to me, that's insane. Like, I've never been that anxious. But I really do enjoy, quote unquote, cheesy action movies because there, it's very formulaic. There isn't going to be anything shocking or surprising. Yeah. And they're not going to try to do some like some like weird twist on you. It's It just it is what it is. And this is what you get. And. The directors aren't trying to make some, I don't know, maybe they were trying to make a masterpiece of film, but like, it's just very much, you get what you get. I can almost predict to a T what's going to happen because we've identified who the hero and the villain is. And once I get like the understanding of, well, okay, this is a storyline. Like we're talking about, oh, he has a kid and he's in this hand wrestling competition and he drives a truck. Of course, the kid's like parents or grandparents are the villains because he's not good enough for them. Oh, I got the story. Cool. Let's just see what happens now. But like, there's nothing truly shocking that can possibly happen. Jennifer and I've talked about this with regards to her love of Korean drama. She said, look, I have a very uncertain day life. She says, I work hard and I solve problems. And as things come up, I never know what to expect. When I watch Korean drama, I know the story arc. I know exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be a moment where he grabs her hand and they look at each other and then look away in shame. Like these, these are the tropes that I'm looking for that bring me comfort. And I think that is similar to what I'm hearing you describe that these action films have the tropes and speak the language that bring you comfort and remind you of something that is core to yourself and whatever that is, I, I, you know, that good on you, if you can pinpoint it, but I think it's really, it's really interesting how we turn to the, the language of film, right. To, to experience that sort of regular regularity in our, in our day-to-day watching, you know, you wouldn't like today's action movies because they all end on bummers, right? Like back then the ending was awesome. They they saved the day and got the girl and won the won the race. 
modern action movies are just they just set up seven sequels so that you can keep watching well to that exact point then the more you watch the more rewarded you are because Mm -hmm. you know you can always think back oh this is this is kind of like a similar story to that movie so so it almost continues to build on itself i I know i do that with wrestling where like it's like oh they're having this character do this now that's just like they had this person do it so he's probably gonna do next you're using the knowledge that you built up over years of watching this to kind of like try to predict what's gonna happen next like it's it's pretty fun why is there a delineation for 80s and 90s i touched on this like 90s perhaps nostalgia 80s i'm not quite sure but why not 70s or 60s films So I have a friend who's talked about this because the seventies were super depressing. Yeah. Think about the movies of the seventies and they are all just grainy, gross, sad downers, Harold and Maude. Taxi uh, driver. Yeah. Mrs. Robinson. Then they're great movies, right? Like raging bull is a great movie, but it's not an over-the-top cheesy action movie as someone who has watched all the best pictures sorry i just had to throw that in there i think i've heard you've mentioned that a couple of times (laughs) yeah the end of the 70s were kind of like an inflection point like if you think of the 70s and you think of the biggest movie of the 70s it was the godfather like and the godfather was was a mob movie but it was also a very smart movie and i think the 80s is when is when Hollywood started to realize that if you really want to make a lot of money with the movie, you kind of got to play to every audience. So you you know you shouldn't try to you know put all these messages in there, and you shouldn't try to do all this stuff to make people think. You should just really give them the popcorn and give them what they want. And I think that that all trickles down when when you know even the biggest blockbusters are kind of trying to get all the bucks that they can, then, you know, you're going to have the kind of second tier movies be less skillfully crafted than maybe you would have seen in the seventies. That would be my theory. Yeah, it's a good theory because ultimately, ultimately Goonies never say die. (laughs) 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 This is interesting to me because like, I also love, Charles Bronson films. But as I was doing this, I realized, oh crap, a lot of his films are like late 70s. And as I was doing it too, I was thinking, oh, he has so many more films that I need to watch. And I realized, oh, wait, (laughs) he's been doing movies for so long that there's like 70s and 60s. And I was wondering, like, how did I never get into that? But like, they're all from the 70s and the, the topic, the subject matter, like Death Wish. Mm-hmm. pretty depression <laughs> so yeah the scores might have something to do with it too because you know with the proliferation in the 80s of electronic music you could have a whole different range of scores too you weren't sort of you know you were you, like axel f is the quintessential and that's the beverly hills cop theme is the quintessential 80s action riff right and like that just says everything you can know about that genre i think Crazy Frog! I only knew it as Crazy Frog. That was that was Mm -hmm. a a dance song, and then it was a dance hall song. Wow! (laughs) We ruined it. We ruined it all. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Why does Schwarzenegger's Predator count 
as a cheesy action movie to me, but not any of the Star Wars. Aren't they mm. both sci-fi? And Star Wars is cheesy. Incredibly cheesy. I cannot watch it without being like, this is so cheesy. <laughs> is it just is it yeah. just simply the the presence of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the film? <laughs> I don't really want to like overthink it, but like I, I like I mean <laughs> I would I would guess like what if Arnold Schwarzenegger was in Star Wars? Perhaps. I like Star Wars, don't get me wrong. But I, I'm 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 really I much prefer the Scar Tracks. The difference is that Star Wars is soap opera, mm. not action. Mm. Like Star Wars is is as much as I hate to admit it, the the hero's journey. And telling a long, huge sort of epic story. And if I understand Predator, it, and, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's really more of a war movie than it is a, a soap opera, right? That would be correct. So I wonder if it isn't that the difference between Schwarzenegger and Star Wars is relationships. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic is you. <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> Oh, you're so right. But today we discuss why Nikenji loves cheesy, crappy 80s and 90s action films. I think we learned five key things. Ooh, five. <laughs> the age at which we watch these films likely colors whether or not we see it as cheesy. Yes. True campy is Hudson Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> These films are typically anxiety-friendly. They have the tropes that are comforting for myself. I am probably not into 70s films, action films, due to their subject matter being depressing-like. And fifth and finally, Star Wars is a soap opera, not an action film. (laughs) (laughs) And so with all of that, while cheesy, crappy 80s and 90s action films are soothing to my soul because I tend to be a very anxious individual and I'm coming to terms with this as an adult. (sighs) Adulthood might be hard, but it will probably be okay. Nice. (laughs)